Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to March's episode of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the month's nerdy news coming at you for the third time in the past month. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. Well, Philadelphia Water's fucked. Yeah, that's all bullshit. Let's not even... <laughs> they keep saying it's fine. It's fucking it's... fine. I got one case. I'm good. Yeah, from what what I heard, it was it was if anything, it affected Bristol area, and then that the alert was actually in an accident was not supposed to go out. That's what I found out on on some inside info. Yeah, I mean, like I couldn't care less. If I lived in Horsham, that water is pure poison. All the I time. mean, I haven't. Good. To be fair, I haven't drank out of a faucet in in a long time. But you know, well, as you kids, yeah, we fridge? drank out the hose as as kids. And do will you do, do you drink out your fridge? Because you know, no, that's the I same. Don't. Okay. Well, everybody, we uh, we have not been with you since February 8th from a mainline episode. We did a couple bonuses over the past month, but we have not given you a full episode in a month and a half. So you would imagine we have a ton of content. I put it out on the uh, on the Instagram and the Facebook. A lot of people were like, whoa, that's a big episode. And yeah, we do. However, our podcast hosting service has graciously informed us literally minutes ago that we only have two hours max to do this episode. Uh, So we have 118 minutes remaining (laughs) in this episode Mm -hmm. max. So we had a three or four hour episode planned. We can only go two. So I do want to apologize if we do rush through some things a little bit faster than we normally would. We cut some stories, this, that, and the other. We want to still give you a great pod. However, we're kind of pressed for time, even though two hours is still a really long time. (laughs) Uh, So we got a ton to talk about tonight. We'll do our what you've been up to. We got a lot, at least I do. I know Sam did, did too, but we're transferring a lot of his into the actual stories for the week. So ton of ton of stuff for what we've been watching and playing and listening to this past month and a half. Uh, trivia is done. We're going to start in movies. Sam is really going to carry the show uh, up front because he has his spoiler-free impressions. John Wick Chapter 4, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. We'll get it up right out in front because we also have Creed 3. We are very aware of the uh, the allegations against Jonathan Majors and the alleged uh, assault case brought against him. However, uh, at this time, there are no real facts outside of the actual incident that we know of. So we don't want to ignore it. However, because he is not found guilty or anything like that, We are going to proceed with our impressions as normal for both of those movies, including any thoughts on him. We just wanted to be upfront um, that we are aware of that. It's just not going to affect our coverage, if you will. So there's that. Uh, And then Shazam Fury of the Gods. I already said Creed 3. Cocaine Bear, Sam and I both saw that. So we'll talk about that. We have some Lord of the Rings news, some Vin Diesel news, the Marvel's Good Burger in 2023. I can't wait. Crazy. I know in TV, the Mandalorian season three is well on its way. Four or five episodes in already crazy yellow jacket. Season two has premiered. We'll share our impressions of that. Ted Lasso season three is also premiered. We'll share our early impressions of that. We have Spartacus news in 2023 Uh, uh, shrinking news. Batman, the Cape crusader has found a home. Finally, we rejoice. Disney plus has made some cancellations. Unfortunately, we got some Hogwarts legacy news, but in TV, not gaming. That'll be fun. Barry and Daredevil. So we got a lot of good stuff there in TV. In gaming, I will share my early impressions of Resident Evil 4 Remake. And we have a boatload of stuff. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is getting a gameplay blowout. 
Um, Starfield finally got a release date. Suicide Squad might be delayed. Spider-Man 2 might have its date. Mortal Kombat 12 was accidentally officially announced and so much more. But let's not waste any more time. We only have 115 minutes left, so let's get into it. Sam, what you been up to? Well, like you said, most of my everything I watch is going to be on basically the movie section. But I do have two quick things to, to as note. Um, Kelly and I, we did finish watching you on Netflix. And that was they broke that up into two parts. First half, February 9th, and the second half was March 9th. And I can honestly say it is my least favorite of all the seasons. Good for you. Good. Because that's the overall consensus here is that 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 especially part two was a real stinker. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yes. You, P- Penn Bagley is great. You definitely get to see a, a deeper side to Joe Goldberg or his alias Jonathan Moore now because he's out in London. Um, but you, you, a really dark side that you, you see that there's more going on with Joe um, that they never really touched on. Uh, I don't. I don't even want to say it because it, it is kind of like they don't. They they pepper it in, and you might be able to figure it out. Um, it, it it was okay. Um, the the main lead, uh, uh, Kate Galvin, or she played Charlotte Ritchie. I didn't feel like. It wasn't enough like when we met Beck and when we knew love. It it just didn't connect with the story, and she kind of fell flat. I, I basically cared about everyone else but her. It was always good to see Greg Kinnear kind of have a little role in this, our boy from Invincible. Always good to see him. Uh, I haven't seen him act actually in a long time, if, if I'm honest. But again, you, it, it's worth the watchers. Uh, again, if, you, if you've seen the first three seasons, there's like a, maybe a good episode in there. But the rest is, it's a lot of stuff that just that kind of missed for me. But you, I'm sure it'll get signed for season five because everyone loves serial killers these days. And um, the, the last thing I'll add is I am, I think I watched the first 10 episodes of Trigun Stampede. Uh, I just wind up buying Crunchyroll. It's like $8.50 a month. I'm just going to finish it out just because um, uh, Crunchyroll has the English version. So if you have Hulu, you get the Japanese version, but it doesn't come with the English. But this is by Orange Studios. It's definitely, like I said before, it's way different than like the the OG. I think the OG anime is still great, but I am appreciating what they're adding something new with technology. They are just combining everything so quick. Um, they did just announce that they're in production for a, f- a final phase of the animation. So I imagine it's going to get another 12 or 10 episodes for to kind of finish it out. So because the original had 26 episodes. So the first season at twelve, so the next one is twelve twenty-four. So that's not bad, but again, I'm 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 enjoying for the ride. There's two episodes left. I hear the last two episodes were actually really good. Um, a lot of fans are still divided. You know, it's you got to get over it. It's something new. You can't just keep living in the past. Just appreciate the the old stuff and just kind of accept what we got going. And just you know, I I think it's been getting better as the show goes on. So if you have Crunchyroll, definitely check out Tri- Trigun Stampede. It's, it, it's 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 been fun. How about you, brother? What you been up to? How much time we got again? That's why. That's why I tried to get. I tried to get mine done. I know you had a lot in this section. Yeah, I do. I have a lot in this section. It has been a really fruitful month for me for playing and watching and enjoying of content. I mean, I'm usually a watcher and player of things anyway. But you want to give me a full month and a half? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna deliver the goods. So there are only eight things on my list. I'm really gonna go over six of them. Two of them, I'll kind of just breeze through. But the first one, I'll start with. This will be a lot of what I played first for play and for watch. Um, So I finished 
The Legend of Zelda, the Minish Cap, for the first time in my life. Uh, that is available right now on the Game Boy Advanced uh, section of the NSO Online. So if you have that, uh, plus expansion pack, I should say, or if you have it on the Wii or Wii U Virtual Console. Um, it's the Game Boy Advanced Legend of Zelda single-player game, and it was made by Capcom, which was one of the few Legend of Zelda games made by Capcom. I've never played any of the Capcom-made Zelda, so this was the first time ever, and I loved the beginning. Um, <laughs> it's got three main gimmicks, two of which I just didn't care for. Um, you can multiply yourself as the one and the other, you can shrink down to the size of the minish people and then back up. And like a lot of the puzzles and dungeons are based around this mechanic and the multiplying mechanic. And I just didn't think they were fully fleshed out and, or a lot of times used unnecessarily. But when you look at a Zelda game for what it is, a top down 2d Zelda game, the best kind of Zelda game, it is still so fun to go through a dungeon figure it out all by yourself, get all the keys, beat the boss and get your piece of the Triforce and or element and or whatever your MacGuffin is. And at the heart of it, of the six dungeons, I really enjoyed four of them, especially the first two. So I would say the Minish Cap is a really good, solid time. If you want to start and get into a really fun Zelda game that looks just like Link to the Past, by the way. And if you get hooked into it, it didn't sink its hooks into me. To, I mean, to the point where I did finish it. But um, if it sinks its hooks into you, great. If not, you can always just stop. And that's what I love about like the service, the NSO service. It's like, if you don't like it, just stop. It's probably a six or seven out of 10 Zelda game for me. Not going to be my favorite 2D Zelda, but one that I did enjoy for the most part. Sword mechanics are great. Love a lot of the weapons, the items. And a lot of the clever parts of the puzzles. So um, if you're looking for that old 2D Zelda and you want a good, not great one, The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap, Game Boy Advance, NSO, or the Wii U eShop, uh, that's one. Number two, boy, what an underrated gem this one is. I did play and beat Metroid Fusion, also Game Boy Advance, also on Nintendo Switch Plus Expansion Pack, also on Wii U eShop. And uh, boy, I hadn't played this game since 20 years since it released uh, on GBA and you can beat it in less than five hours. And it's like, that's what I'm looking for. Metroid since dread, I have just fallen in love with the Metroid franchise. I want to go back and play them all and beat them all. And, you know, they released fusion after we recorded our last episode, they announced and release. So we actually never even talked about it on this pod that it's available. So it is now it came out March 9th. I beat it, I don't know, a couple days after it launched. I can't remember. Um, but I beat it in 4.55, I think. Um, and that's without guides or anything like that. So you can beat the game in under five hours. I only had 55% item completion. So if you want even more. But this really fun, it's such an underrated Metroid game because Metroid is very open-ended. You explore, you do your thing, you go all over the place. This one's a little bit more linear. This one tells you where to go. It doesn't fake you out like when it says, here's your target, that is your target. Um, and so, but you're fighting like a super powered Samus clone. You're fighting like a dark version of yourself and like you're getting all your powers up so you can beat yourself in essence. And I just love that aspect of the story. And it is the direct prequel to Dread. It is Metroid 4 Fusion. Dread is Metroid 5. So if you want to play Dread's prequel, Fusion's right there for you. I would say it's 
top five Metroid game of all time. It's it wow. was just a great play, and it's short, man. Less than five hours. You can beat that in one sitting, much less two or three if you're just looking for that small chunk. And because it's so linear, it's not the type of game or the Metroid game where you forget where you're at, you forget where you're going, blah, blah, blah. You could literally hit select, get your target, get reacquainted with the map, and just go again. Great Metroid game for a first or second time Metroid player. Uh, With that, this is one of the ones I'll breeze through. My favorite Metroid game of all time is Dread. Right behind it is Metroid Zero Mission. That game is a remake of the NES Metroid, the first ever Metroid. It is also Game Boy Advance. It also goes for roughly $150 for the cart right now, just the cart. Um, But it's available only on the Wii U eShop. Not the Wii, not the Switch, nothing. It probably will come to Switch in the future, but who knows. Um, So I went on my Wii U eShop yesterday, and I bought it, and I played it for a couple hours. And it reiterated why I loved it so much. But I'm not done it yet. So I I really won't go too far into it, but it is such a great remake. It's one of the best remakes of all time, right up there with all the Resident Evils and the Tony Hawks and the Final Fantasy VII. It's that good. Uh, Metroid Zero Mission. Staying on the Metroid train, Metroid Prime Remastered has since come out since our last episode with the Nintendo Direct, and uh, it had no business being as good as it is. My God, Mm -hmm. it's improved in every way, mechanically, visually, visually. quality of control they added dual sticks so it feels like a 2023 shooter and it's just pristine especially on the oled screen oh i love playing it in handheld you feel like samus you go up to uh you're in the frozen world you go up to a piece of ice you try to break it with your shooter when you shoot it or shoot a rocket at it and it reflects you see samus's eyes in your visor reflection like there's the level of detail it's That's just dope. beautiful. Yeah, it's it's super good. And if you're looking for a 3D Metroid game as opposed to that 2D old school style, I mean, you can't do better. And it's only $40 and the physical copies are widely available now. So hopefully you can get your hands on one. I waited to play it until I got my physical. I did from Best Buy. Shout outs. It's where I got my RE4 remake and my Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet. So Best Buy has been great for gaming lately for me. Um, but Prime Remastered, you cannot do better for $40. Would recommend that. Now, moving on to the stuff I watched. Very quickly, don't need to go into much detail, but you and I had a quick discussion around the new Bad Boys movie last time we recorded. Yeah. So I had to go watch Bad Boys too. I just had to. And it just holds up in every great way. You had to watch uh, the three at your freaking mouth. <laughs> wait, what? You had to watch what the third one or fourth one, the, the bad taste at your mouth. You had to watch the actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best one. I, I mean, oh, people down. say people say number one's the best one. I actually prefer bad boys, too. Uh, it's yeah, just got many same. more quotable lines and like big fucking eyes. But a nice fucking fish is <laughs> just so good uh, when they go to Captain's house and obviously the Reggie stuff and just so many memorable quotable lines and a lot of nostalgia for us for that film. And so it. I think it just left Netflix for the 900th time, but I'm sure it'll be back soon. Uh, if if you want to go watch any Bad Boys movie, you don't even need to watch the first one to understand or comprehend the second one. Um, I love Bad Boys too. Now we'll get into new stuff and the things that I really wanted to talk about today outside of Fusion. Um, the first, I watched two movies and a show. The first movie I watched, and both of these movies will be in consideration for movie of the year for me. I don't think they will win necessarily but i really enjoyed both of them the first one uh i think it actually came out in like 
December of 2022. So I don't think technically I can even put it on the list. Um, it came out. Nope. Nope. It released in theaters January 13th. So it will count for this year. A man called Otto uh, with Tom Hanks. Um, he's like the really grumpy guy in the neighborhood. If you know what I'm talking about. And like he goes yeah, around like, like the, like just an old, an old guy that hates everybody. We yeah. I have one you, of those. You see the trailer for this. I, if I, it's not, nothing's ringing a bell, but it's Tom Hanks yeah. fuckers and everything. It's, it's a remake of a novel, um, called a man called Ova, which is a, I believe Swedish, um, author back from, I think like 2015 or something like that. I can't remember, but Otto is like this super big grump. He's kind of given up on life after his wife passed away. Um, and he lives in like an HOA and anybody who breaks the smallest rule, they leave a gate open. They don't shovel properly. They forget to mow their lawn. He's out there being a grump, being this, being that. And it's just this tale of like, life is more than this. He meets a nice woman named Marisol who has a family and she kind of reinvigorates life in him and kind of starts to open up. It's actually incredibly dark without giving away a spoiler. He can, he tries to commit suicide multiple times in the movie and you see it. And so like, it actually like it's really not this lovable coming of age thing. It's pretty freaking dark for a while there, but I think it's got a really good solid ending, which, you know, some movies struggle to land. And I really enjoyed a man called Otto and it doesn't, it doesn't end the way I thought either, which was very nice to see. So I would say a man called Otto solid seven, you know, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Passing grade. Exactly. It'll, you can put it on the fridge, but you can't be proud of it. Um, (laughs) the other movie I recently watched and it's really fitting, um, that I watched this because storm Reed, who played Riley in the last of us is the main character of this film. She plays June. It's this, it's the movie missing, which is like the spiritual successor slash sequel to searching, uh, from a couple years ago, a movie I also loved. I think it was, Oh, with John Cho, right? Yeah. 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 Where, uh, where he loses his daughter and he like, yeah uses the internet. It's a found footage movie, but he uses yep. the internet to try to track her down. This, um, a reads breed. Oh my God. I just called her read Uh storm reads. Mom, uh, Heather, not Heather, uh, man, do I forget her name? Rachel. I don't, I don't maybe? know her mother. I think Rachel she, or no grace. There it is. Grace. She goes missing, uh, very unexpectedly. And, Ken Luang, Leung, you'd, you'd know him. He's in a million things that we've watched. Uh, Sopranos, all this other stuff. So anyway, he's the boyfriend and she tries to use her social media accounts and his to try to track her down and how she went missing and the, and like where'd her dad go after he passed. Like it's crazy. Good story. Good twist. Good ending. Found footage movies have really gone away over the past few years. And quite frankly, for good reason. But I thought this one was strong enough that it was a worthy successor to searching while also kind of keeping you on the edge of your seat with a really good mystery up until that final scene. It's a little predictable. You kind of know how it's going to go. So I wouldn't say the ending blew my socks off. But again, a solid six out of seven. I'll put it on the fridge, but I won't tell my parents. I'll hide it behind, you know, my art project. And, you know, it will be good to go. So some solid movies. But the thing like the star of the show, the highlight, not even close. One of the best shows I've watched all year, easily top three, potential for top two, unbelievably good. Daisy Jones and the Six. I have uh, 
shouted this show from any rooftop I can, except for our social medias, because I wanted to wait until the pod to really start blowing up my love and promotion of this show. It's on Amazon Prime. I also wanted to wait for the season finale. All 10 episodes are out now. I love what they did, and I wish more streamers would do this. They released the first three, then the next two, and then the final two. Three weeks, all 10. See you later. Perfect kind of half binge, half sit on your seat and wait model. Loved it. Wish more shows would do it. Long story short, a little bit of Almost Famous mixed with a little bit of that thing you do, but instead of a movie, it's a TV series, and I love it. A Pittsburgh band tries to find their way, tries to find their sound. They move out to California where this woman, Daisy Jones, is doing the same thing. They meet up, and it's the fictional story of how she becomes a part of the band and the lead singer, Billy Dunn, and their kind of complicated relationship and how they hate each other. And then you fast forward 20 years later and you kind of find out the reason for the breakup and all this stuff. And it's shot a lot like a VH1 behind the music. I used to watch that all the time. I loved behind the music. It's the interview style with the band as you know, in their forties and fifties. Um, and they're flashing back to their time as the band in the 60s and early 70s. They reach number one on the charts and they have the biggest song in the world. The songs are bangers, by the way. Daisy Jones and the Six on Spotify. They all can sing. It's Elvis's granddaughter, by the way, who plays Daisy Jones, uh, which is fantastic. Um, but uh, Riley Keokow, whatever, I can't pronounce it. But anyway, sh- uh, they all can sing. They can all act really, really well. But this band actually made the music and they actually did this, did the show to the point where they're maybe they actually may do real shows, uh, which is pretty sick. I went on Spotify, 2.6 million listeners per month. And like their big hit from the show has like 15 million streams already. Show's been out for like four weeks. It's pretty unbelievable how many people have gravitated towards the show. Incredibly good ending. I loved it so much. My wife, you know, sh- I wouldn't shut up about it. So my wife's finally like, go ahead, like put it on. You know, I'm interested. She likes music stuff. She's like, I'm interested. That was last night at nine or 10 o'clock. We're on episode five. Like, it's a good sign. She's I, I like that. I like to see Timothy Oliphant as the tour manager. I was saving that for you for last as the cherry on top to try mm-hmm. to get you to watch. Um, but yeah, she's obsessed with it too. She's like, this is better than everything we've watched except for shrinking. She's like, shrinking's 10 out of 10. This is nine. And so she loves it. And she's only halfway done. Super, super satisfying ending. It's a mini series. Thoughts towards season two, but I doubt it. Um, it's ripped right from the book, Daisy Jones and the Six, from a couple years ago. Uh, I thought it just nailed every note from a musical perspective. The songs are great. Very 70s. It lives in that era very well. And yeah, their first tour manager is Timmy Ol- Timothy Oliphant who has a very large part over the first half of the series and then some in the second, in the back half, but he is their first manager. So he, you know, he gets them to a really good place and he looks hilarious. So that's, that's just a great show. And so I would highly recommend it. Daisy Jones and the six. It's, it's better than the last of us right now, but that's okay. Because the last of us is pretty fucking good. And I'm sure it'll be better as time goes. But anyway, I loved <laughs> Daisy Jones and the six, uh, Amazon Prime video. Check it out. Let us know what you think. That's really what we've been up to this month. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. We're already 20 minutes in. We only have an hour and a half left and a shit ton of stuff to talk about. So let's not delay anymore. 
Sam, let's go into the movie section. I am dying, dying to hear your impressions of John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah, John Wick Chapter 4, of course, you know, me and Kelly had to go see it in the theaters because I was not going to be spoiled by anybody online because I would have freaked out. But if you saw John Wick 3, the last time you see him, he's shot, thrown off a building, and he's left for dead. So this movie is just, it's simple. Plot line, I love this. He's out for revenge on the high table and anyone who left him for dead. So he's he goes on a rampage. Filming that's, takes place. That's a good way to put it. He take dude, the, the filming, France, Germany, New York, and Japan. So you, yeah. you definitely get a beautiful side of, of the world. And Greg, I don't know how they shot some of these 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 fighting scenes, the sequence. I I am baffled. Like there is a couple different scenes here where you get like an over-the-top view, and then there's other in like a circle. I believe they're in France, and I don't know how. They shot it. I, I I need like a Blu-ray release, so I need to see like behind the scenes because I would love to see how they set this up. Because I mean, a- after seeing this, they need to set up awards for stunt teams because this is insane. What they do in this movie, they set the bar so high for action movies that I don't even know if they can top this. Like any like Are I don't they even trying know to top it. I know we're going spoiler free and everything like that. But... Oh, they 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 topped it. They okay. I mean some of these stunts. Greg, I mean, if you obviously if you saw you obviously did, but there are some stunts that I cannot believe someone did, and you know from here like the director saying like there was only minor injuries. They 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 shot this movie in four months. I don't know how the hell they did this in four months. Well, they only shot it six years ago. Feels like. Oh yeah, during COVID and all that kind of stuff. This movie but, is long overdue. Yeah, it, it's it was definitely a long time coming. Same director, Chad Stalinsky, coming back. Same guy who's, I believe, done all of them. Mm-hmm. The same crew as you before. Keanu Reeves, Lance Reddick, rest in peace. Ian McShane. Uh, Sounds you know, like it was worth the wait, though. Oh, dude, it was well worth the wait. I mean, guys, it was a two-hour and 45-minute movie. And my my dad saw it before me, and he said it didn't feel long at all. And I was like, that to me, that's a sign of a great movie. And it did not feel two hours, 45 minutes. I'm still going to say Venom 2 felt longer and that was an hour and a half. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Coot, Keanu Reeves, what he's done, he's 59 years old and they said that he did 90% of his own stunts, which is absolutely insane. Um, one thing you actually, um, I guess this, they released out something, you said, like, said something to me about him saying only like 300 and something words. I was going to say, I think the number is, it reminded me of the movie Faster with Dwayne The Rock Johnson where he, he, I think he says 10 words the whole movie. And this movie, it is just straight business. He lets the fighting do the talk. When he talks, it's obviously important because if he doesn't talk, he's either killing someone or he's about to get, you know, try, or tried to get killed by somebody. Um, I, I, I love this world. I love going to see, in Japan, you actually get to see the Osaka Continental. That, and our boy Hiroyuki Sonata, he was the head guy. And it was just so awesome to see, you know, I, I, and anything this guy's in, it's always a good movie. But to see him and Don Yen go at it, like two legends in, in martial arts, to have uh, Scott Atkins, who was another famous martial artist, to see Keanu kind of go toe to toe with everybody, you know, to bring back Lawrence Fishburne and, 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 and uh, Bill Skarsgård. He, he did okay for what he had. He didn't have too much going on, but. 
um, to kind of to get to, to cram two hours and 45 minutes of just basically action. I, I truly do not know how they did it. They, they definitely upped the bar. It already made a $100 million budget. It's already at 137.5. It opened the, the largest of all John Wick movies. Um, I know Lionsgate, they, they can't wait to, they want to do John Wick 5. They're f- filming Ballerina now. They got the Continental TV show coming out. Yeah, forget it, about that. You know, it, it's good to see that, you know, after all this time, because even the director said, we don't know what the fans wanted to see. Like, it, it's been a little while. Maybe, you know, the, the, it, you know, the John Wick heat kind of cooled off and, and no, blew Shazam out of the water. Basically, it's going to blow Black Adam out of the water. And this is a, a hard R action movie. I mean, this is, they raised the bar. I, to come back and do another John Wick movie, they, to me, they're going to have to take a couple of years just to think, how the hell can you top this? And, and our, our boy Clancy Brown was in it. He had a nice little role. Always good to see him. And right now, it has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's awesome. I still say one and four are my favorite John Wick movies. You know, two and three are, are, are good, but they don't touch one and four. One and four is still peak for me, my favorite. If, you, if you've seen all the first John Wick 3, do yourself a favor. Go to the movies and say it. And also, state there there is an end credit scene, so make sure you stay till the end. I I ranked them one, two, three in my mind. So I uh, I've gradually gone downhill, but I've heard nothing but amazing things about this. So I'd imagine I'd probably fall right in that same path as you. Four, one, and then two, three. Um, before we get into the next film, I forgot to mention April fifth, the day that the Super Mario movie comes out. Sam and I will be there together watching it, holding hands hey. and sharing popcorn. I'll get a blue icy. He'll get the red one. We'll put a straw on each and we'll cross sip. That's just part of it. Just then, then two drinks of popcorn. That's probably forty six dollars. I'll poke a hole in the bottom of the popcorn. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dory. But no, in, in all seriousness, <laughs> Sam and I are going to go see a children's movie together in our 30s. So it's going to be awesome. I don't think we'll do a bonus or anything like that because that it's not really fair to the other movies. It's it's pretty biased. So just be aware the next time we record in April, we'll have our spoiler takes on it because it'll be long enough after it comes out. So looking forward to that. Cannot wait to talk about the Mario movie. Sam, now it's time for you to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. What'd you think? Seems like forever since I actually seen this movie. It's the first one on your list of movies that you saw that you saw it's the farthest one yeah there. so it's long so I, again I, I saw this one with kelly she fell asleep in the movies which good start you know it's a good start john wick uh, she stayed yeah. awake every second she did not miss but ant-man she she snoozed i ain't gonna lie good i probably um, would do to be fair so ant-man okay <laughs> i'm just you gotta, just you gotta to think, think back you gotta I, yeah back. you know I, I gotta get back uh ant-man where where to begin Okay. Again, it, it it wasn't my it wasn't my favorite MCU movie. I'll, I'll just obviously say that there. This was, um, I, I, I dare I say the, the worst one out of all three. Like I, I don't even the Ant Man's. I hated Quantum Quantum. Yeah, I, I know you were like honestly. Th- this felt. I mean, I don't know. Like I thought Quantum was like maybe a smidge better than one, or like they were right there for me. I, but I love one. I, I hated two. I think two was just called Ant Man and the Wasp. But yeah, I, I hated the second one. Hated it actively. Disagree, like dislike. So off the bat, Modoc is terrible. Looks terrible. I, I mean, what 
what a terrible idea to bring an old character back and then just slap on that VFX. Like the idea is not terrible, but the VFX job is laughable on him. Laughable. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they I believe they fired their head of their VX lady. She's been like head of Marvel's VXF lady for like the last like 15 years. They just fired her. Well, they also so maybe- said that like the team was complaining of being on a crunch and not having the time or resources to do a lot of these Marvel films. You know, Love and Thunder, I heard as well. So mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in the world. And Disney just announced three rounds of layoffs and a lot of it to their production team. So yeah. I-, I wouldn't be shocked that they keep pumping this shit out, but it's going to get lesser in quality. But the price for the service is going to keep going up. Oh, I mean, especially after this movie had a $200 million budget and it's worldwide it made 466 so you got to think with marketing they probably either lost a little bit of money or they broke even on this film so i don't know if we're going to get a fourth ant-man considering just the the return wasn't there um, i haven't just seen be relegated to a cameo character at this point yeah true i mean it's got the lowest rating i believe of all i think it's lower than i think it's the lowest mcu movie at 47 percent now darn um i uh, now, now we didn't get into it, but I know your thoughts on him as a character. But Kang, I wonder how much of this is due to the underwhelming aspect of Kang as the main villain after we just came off of Thanos. Like, oh, just that's tell us about Kang in the movie. So I get well. I I didn't really, even though it wasn't Kang in the first season of Loki, it was still it was another variant of him. But I didn't care for uh, Major's portrayal then. Yeah, um, like I, I would remains or something. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I would say Kang. He was a little better, but I was still let down. I wasn't. I'm not threatened. I I didn't have that fear of Thanos. Um, the, the way that they, the way they this they introduced the next big bad for the next what two Avengers movie, like he was basically beaten by ants. I, I, I mean, how Spoiler. am I supposed? I mean, how am I supposed to be like, where's the fear? You know, like we, they teased us with, with Thanos for, you know, for a lot of years. Then like, at least we got to see him kick the shit out of the Hulk. Like, I mean, that, that, that's what we're talking about. Like, but, but when he falls to like how puny of an ending it was, I mean, dude, I, 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 I felt left out. I feel like they just didn't know what to do with him, So they just threw this in. I mean, visual effects, they, they were okay in, in some story. In, in some moments, um, Bill Murray's character didn't even need to be in it. He was just yeah, in it to be in awkward. it. Heard that was awkward. Just literally, I would have cut that whole ten minutes. Waste of time. You know, like I said, Modoc, the chorus, the Darren Carl's character stunk. I, I felt like probably no... could have been better off as a TV series on Disney Plus. Yeah, it, honestly, it, Hawkeye. Hawkeye was a better TV series, and this was a movie apparently. So, you know, I wouldn't have been shocked to go the other way on that. See, no, it, it, it might have been another thing. Like I didn't you get care a lower for, budget too. Oh yeah, this was two hundred million. You know, so like Cassie Lang, you know, Ant Man's daughter. Like, I didn't care for her. Her yeah. her story is fine. You know, she was very good. Yeah, Detective Pikachu. She she was okay, but it didn't. I like I didn't like know her. You know, because they changed. It wasn't the same actress from the first two. Right. And they they kind of just like shoo in her own. Thing. Oh boom, she has her own suit too. Now we've been working secretly. No one. It's like ugh. Oh. Like it was just so like very lazy <laughs> writing, it. you know. I, I it just they they just missed the mark. I, honestly, I think the MCU has not been the same since then. Ten game, and everyone knows that the fatigue's real from TV shows to movies. Superhero fatigue is real, 
And right now, MCU is is definitely not in a good place. I, I I would rather be DC than Marvel right now, and that's saying a lot because we know where DC has been at is in it. There, you know, even with James Gunn's plan, there's still no, you know, like I, I feel like there's barely any hope, and he's directing Superman. How ironic is that? Um, I I, I just think you know, I, again, if I'm wrong and you love this movie, awesome. I I wish I I could have enjoyed this movie. There was like a mid, I think there was two two end credit scenes. The other one was like a little scene to Loki, which again we're going to see more of Kang or or Victor Timely in season two of Loki. And lo- I didn't really love Loki, so now to go to season two, like I'm really not even hype at all. It's actually a chore to think about. That I have to go watch eight to ten episodes coming up. You but could just this do one, what I do, and just not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I again, you, but, you know, for the. But for the podcast, I like to at least say, hey, I, I, you know, I always say I watch everything, even though I still haven't watched New Mutants yet. I'm slacking. But I, I, I'm, I, you know, again, I went to the movies. I supported it. This one just this was way back in the line for the MCU. This one was, uh, you know, you, you, you may see this one come come see at the end of the year. Oh, Jesus, not the worst list. Uh, yeah, I have no interest. And that's the cool part is like, I ain't got to. I don't have to watch yep. Loki. I, Loki's where I started to fall off. Like that's where I was like, all right, I'm, yep. I'm starting to be tired of the TV series stuff. I'm starting to be tired of this phase. I didn't like, <laughs> you know, he who remains or whatever. Yep. And I don't care about season two. I'm not going to sniff it. I couldn't care less. And it's very nice to not give a shit. But you had mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, like, hey, I'd rather be DC right now. Well, you also saw a DCEU film. Granted, it is technically pre-gun not post gun chapter mm-hmm. one, but still we're in a different comic realm. Shazam fury of the gods. My boy, Adam Brody, Seth Cohen, the OC he's in it. I didn't know that until the movie mm-hmm. came out. Um, but you also saw Shazam fury of the gods, different, different comic source than Marvel yeah. DC. What'd you think again? And Adam Brody was also in the first one, by the way. Oh, um, well, that shows you how much I remember. Yeah. Again. So Shazam fury of the gods. What was it? A perfect film. No, but was it like an enjoyable film? Did it have some heart? Yes. Shazam, to me, in, in my mind, Shazam is more towards the kid audience because Shazam himself is a literal kid that says Shazam and then gets turned into an adult. He is a kid. This is for the kids. I, I feel like backlash, you see a lot of um, like... I don't know if they're Snyder hards or like Zack Snyder fans or or I don't know if they just boycotted the movie because it's it's not Zack Snyder, which isn't fair because it, it did kind of get re- review bombed and people refused to see it. It's like, guys, it's not Z- Zachary Levi's fault that DC's plans got effed. You know, I, I just don't agree with like that cancel culture to go review bomb like that's ridiculous. This movie has a 51% of Rotten Tomatoes. I, I think it's better than 51%. I mean, you're, you're telling me it's only, you know, what what was it, 5 or 6% higher than Ant-Man Quantumania? Absolutely not. This movie was, I would say, a much better movie than, than Ant-Man Quantumania. I, I actually thought it was fun seeing Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren as as bad women, bad guys. I, I, I thought that was awesome. You know, uh, I, I like Zachary Levi. I never watched the the show that he got big on. Um, I don't even know what it is. Let me click his name just so I can get his name. Good luck, Chuck. Mm, right? Mm-hmm. Good luck, Chuck. Ain't that ain't that the show? I, I think that's the show. Is it? Oh no, it was just called Chuck. Excuse me. Oh, I remember Chuck. Just yeah, Chuck. Yeah. I just I just never watched it. But 
I think he's good in Shazam. The, 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 you know, the villains, he don't have like the, you know, it's not like they're going up against Joker, Two-Face. It, it's villains that you've never seen before because Shazam is a golden age character. I, I, I just wish people, like more people did go to see it because it had a 110 to 125 budget and worldwide it only made 102. So by the looks of it, it's probably going to lose money considering I know they probably a good bit in the marketing budget. Yeah. So I doubt we're ever going to see a another um, Shazam movie. But the one thing I did like find out after uh, Zach Guerrero like, did some lives and stuff um, and credit scenes, they wanted to have Hawkman and Cyclone from Black Adam. They also wouldn't even want to have uh, Black Adam in it, but The Rock vetoed it. So literally they cut all that and then like last minute threw in just like this little half-ass other mid-credit scene, and then there was another end credit scene. The end, end credit scene was good because it was almost the same thing as the first one, but the other one, they kind of just throw in these two other characters from something else. But I'm just like, Dan, The Rock kind of like got greedy, bet on himself, wanted to focus him and like Superman be the heads, and he didn't want to do any other project, even though he is like Shazam's greatest villain, and he vetoed it and said no. So I feel like that was a little bit of karma on him. He tried to have his cake and eat it too, and didn't want to appear in a little cameo in, in Shazam, and now it looks like you know his Black Adam's done, and you know it, it just it was it just like I don't know, like it goes to show that the Rock's not perfect. He makes mistakes too. He's human. Ego was probably bit in the way, and you know to veto to have not even have Hawkman kind of come in as a tag. I think that would have been a way better tagline at, at the end credit end credit scene. But it it just sucks for all the people involved that they're they're getting all this this kind of like hate when I I don't think it was as bad as it was. So I mean, if, if you see it, Shazam: Fury of the Gods, I think it's worth the watch. Um, you know, I, I never you know read too much you know comics growing up, but I, I did enjoy the first one. Surprisingly, I didn't think I was going to like it as much. This one again, there were some cameos that you know they may or may not have said was taken out, put back in. I don't know if they're messing with us, but it, it was a good surprise to see a certain character. And I, I just thought it was a good movie. Yeah, definitely one. I'll, I'll buy it on Blu-ray to add to the collection when it comes out. Zachary Levi, one of the uh, Marvel DC crossovers. What franchise was he in in Marvel? Oh, he was in something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't, was it Thor? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was Thor. Yep. Fandral, I believe his name was. Yeah, but it was one of his boys. Yep, that's it. So, Zachary Levi, there you go. DC and Marvel. The next movie we have up on the docket to give our impressions of... Again, 77 minutes to go, so we got to go uh, Cocaine Bear. Not only did you see it, but I saw it. Um, I'll give your vocals a break here for a minute, and then I'll let you go. I'll just tell you what I thought. It was fine. What did you think? <laughs> it was fine. Uh, honestly, I, I think it's 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 going to be a little cult following movie. Yeah, I, I, just didn't, it didn't, I didn't love it as much as I thought I would, and I didn't yeah. love it as much as other people kind of made it out that I would love it. I didn't hate it. I wasn't offended by it. Um, I didn't love it either. I thought some of the storylines with like the mother daughter thing was kind of dumb. Um, and I just, I know we're talking about a bear that takes cocaine. How seriously can we go? I didn't even find it that entertaining. It's one of those movies where I'm glad I saw it the first time and I'm probably just never going to watch it again at this it, point. I, I think my favorite was Margot Martindale. I, I freaking yeah. love this actress. I love seeing her and shit and just kind of her whole hell where she starts and ends i i, I kind of loved her little quick journey i thought that was great i'm directed by elizabeth banks I, I i just think she just i just wasn't expected to like it as much as i did 
Um, yeah, this uh, the film was dedicated to Ray Liotta. I believe this is his his final film that he that um, he showed up in. Which is crazy to think that that the Goodfellas man's last movie was Cocaine Bear. Uh, by the way, if you're asking Margot uh, Martindale, is if you watch Dexter, she's the woman who wants key lime pie. Yes. Anybody out there that needs to know who that is, if you're a Dexter fan, just think of the woman who wants Dexter to get her the perfect key lime pie. That's who we're talking about. Okay, and I, I just looked on on Ray Liotta's page. There are, he, I think, there was like three or four more movies he that are coming out later. So you, we will see him in in a few more things. I just wanted to yeah. put that out there. But definitely, he was a main role in this, so probably his yeah. last main role. Yeah, and and you know he was you know a villain like he was like Ray Liotta, like you think he was like he he was definitely true to his character throughout. He's been playing through his freaking whole life. But dude, for a move for a cocaine. and the Chantix commercials, yes, I was surprised yes. I didn't can't see forget them. Take Chantix, can't <laughs> forget those. Chantix dude, Bear is the sequel, but it's coming soon. For a movie called Cocaine Bear with a thirty to thirty-five million dollar budget, it made eighty-one point seven worldwide. So people just want to go to the movies, leave the brain at the door, have some fun, see some gory deaths, and you know, I I thought it did its job. I, yeah. I think I you know again, it was based on a true story that. American well, no. black. No, it was. Yeah, this is right what I'm going to say. Though. It was based on a true story that if an American black bear ingested about 75 pounds of cocaine and obviously OD'd and died on the spot, and yeah. then they later stuffed it and it's at the museum. That's it. Yeah. That's all the story okay. was. Good. They there added was no rampage. The, other stuff. <laughs> the yeah. whole entire rampage was fake. Yeah. Yes. I was hoping that we would get into that. There was a, a, a man who threw cocaine out of a plane, his chute didn't eject. He which that was true. Which true story. That's a true yeah. story. He they actually showed the real footage from the newscast, which I thought was a really nice touch in the beginning. I actually got really engaged at that point because I was like, okay, this is grounded in some reality. Yeah. And then I realized, oh right, there's a cocaine bear. Like uh, the bear VFX were pretty good. I don't think the bear was in it enough, but I get it with that budget and yeah. how good he did look at some points. I would say others not so much, but there were some kills and some scenes. Um, without giving away any spoilers, the first couple you meet in the movie, which was the first death in the movie, very shocked that they went one way as opposed to the other person in that couple based on one of them's circumstance. And I was like, okay, this movie has the balls to kill off a person in this condition. Cool. I'm in. And then immediately I was just like, all right, the rest of it was just kind of ho-hum kind of did its thing. It's going to be a movie that in 15 years, people will still talk about on the internet, like, birdemic and things like that it's not a bad movie so bad it's good type thing like the room and things like that yeah but it did its job well enough to the point where i'm satisfied i saw it i don't regret it i'm just at a point where it's like cool this will probably be the last time i say the words cocaine bear on this podcast i i may watch it one more time but so the guy in real life his name was andrew c C. thornton the second and when they found when he jumped out let me see he had he was wearing a bulletproof vest vest gucci loafers he had a, in possession of night vision goggles a green army nuffle bag containing 30 containing 75 pounds of cocaine 15 million that was that was valued at 15 million 4500 in cash a six ounce gold bar knives and two pistols <laughs> that's what they found of it no wonder his shoot didn't open Jeez. jesus my god Oh uh, yeah, so there's there's all we need to say about Cocaine Bear. It's like it's one of those things where if you want a nice little distraction and a fun little time, that's it. Go for it. That's it. Go for it. Why not? Last movie we have here, Creed Three. Um, hopefully better than Creed Two. I did not care for that, especially upon a rewatch. I've heard good things. What did you think? 
See, I like Creed 2. Again, uh, yeah, Rocky I 4. I can't do it. Love Creed 1, though. Rocky 4, one of my favorites. So to get Love to Rocky see my boy 4. Victor Drago back, great. This one is Creed 3, easily my least favorite in the Creed franchise. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. okay. My, my least favorite. Didn't expect that. I think I liked it. It's a little bit better than Rocky 5. Oh, I, Jesus. Hey, now, yeah. Rocky 5, guilty pleasure. Tommy Guns, he's a real boxer who yep, died. But I'm like, I'm all into that. So. Not him, the, the movie. <laughs> no, he's dead too. Oh, I know. But yeah, hell yeah, big time. I mean, he went yeah. Ric Flair, but the opposite. Yeah, the, um, the wrong anyway, way. Anyway, we'll move, we'll move on from Tommy Guns. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I'm surprised you feel that way about Creed 3. I've yeah, heard the, this, the story, the pacing was all off. And I think it, I think it showed with, Michael B. Jordan directing. I don't know. If, is, let me see if this is his first directorial debut. Uh, I think it is his first director. And it maybe it showed there because the pacing was all off. There was a couple cool scenes. You could definitely see where he was going for the anime-inspired look. But it, 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 it the pacing was just off for me. Uh, it, it, I Even like the way they, they made him see, oh, he's retired. He's old. It's like, but... Jonathan Major's character is like older than him, and like I, the way they they played the story out, it didn't make sense in my mind. Like I feel like something was there, but they needed more time. Like he's like he's not like he's not even ready to retire. Like, oh, it's eight years. Like no, it, it, the story didn't make sense to me. Hmm. And then the final fight. Be careful. No, it, the the final fight is so fast. That's what I was thinking so, you were gonna say yeah so fast i mean like it took me out of the movie like he tried to do something with with one round and then it was like boop, fight's over it's like what 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 happened we built all that for that i just see, felt like see what ha- happened was what yeah happened? I, I did for two hours like i felt like the build-up it, it did it it missed its mark mm. so i mean yeah i understand that they're incorporating more of his daughter and, and his wife and I, I i you know yeah there's some cameos um who was it? The boxer Ken Alvarez was in. Stephen A. Smith was in it. Um, um, the guy Victor Drago, the fighter Florian Montu, he came cameoed in. He was in the second one. I just thought everything was just okay. Just they oh they mentioned Rocky one time and it was like a slap in the face. Like they they didn't acknowledge him like really at all, and that was lacking to me. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like it, they they missed it for me. But I'm obviously it's got eighty nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes, seventy five million dollar budget. It made over two hundred forty six million. So it was is a success. I'm glad. I'm still glad I saw it. It's just for me, it was definitely way down on the bar for me. Twenty seven minutes of mostly Sam. I'm I'm at Greg talks a lot on Twitter, Sam. If you would change your handle to Sam, also talks a lot. My my voice is hoarse. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this was Sam podcasts and knows things. Back to the uh, the duet Re- style. regular I, scheduled broadcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where I talk too much and you all stop listening. Um, so yeah, that was a ton of movies to to talk about. Thank you so much for doing all your prep and notes and seeing that. And again, we have Mario coming up. We'll talk about that in the next episode, but we got some stories to cover here in the movie section as well. And right back to you, Sam, we are getting multiple new Lord of the Rings movies. This story broke really soon after our February 8th episode. So we've been hanging on this one for quite a while, but it's nice to finally talk about it. How do you feel about this? If Peter Jackson directs it, take all my money. 
I have complete faith. Anyone else? I'm a little nervous. Well, what did I you think of Rings of Power, though? R- Rings of Power, I did enjoy. Um, like, I would I, imagine it's going to go in that vein in terms yeah, of I'm, at least thematically. Not I necessarily, mean, obviously, that's a TV I mean, series, but you get what I'm saying. I think I did expect maybe a little bit more from the show, but I mean, how it ended, I'm, I'm super hyped. I don't want to say how it ended, but I have more hope for season two than I did season one. But movies, it's 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 so daunting because they can be long. I mean, I mean, Christ, they got big shoes to fill. The original trilogy is so freaking good. Like, how do you touch that? Like, it's like then Peter Jackson did the Hobbit. Like, the first Hobbit was okay. Then the other two were just like, uh, it's it's just like, how did you? I don't know how you're gonna top the Lord of the Rings. I I don't know how. Like I, I. if the right director, yeah, I don't gets think they have it? to. I don't think they have to, or do they want to? I don't think they do. I just think they want to. They see the dollar signs, dude. This is an organization that has lost Which some money, is, and so like they're looking for that instant gratification. And yeah. how does that come? Oh wow, we can milk the shit out of this. Cool, let's do it. I have zero expectation for this. I have zero hype for this. I'm still on minute forty-seven of the first movie. I'll get there eventually, but uh, this is something that like. So many people are going to get way overhyped, and I'm sorry, folks. Some of you are going to love it because it's Lord of the Rings, and you're going to force yourself to love it. When you take a step back and look in the mirror, you're going to realize these are most likely going to be cash cows and kind of milked in. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but I don't think you're going to get that same feeling and vibe and nostalgia blast from the original trilogy. I don't know if they're going for that, but I really wouldn't have so such crazy high hopes if you do. If not, and you're more grounded, cool but that's where i think you're gonna probably want to find yourself is more than i than i will be keeping my expectations very low but again let me see a trailer and if it looks good i'll be in theaters i mean these are years away too like this is a long oh, this 2028 20, at least yeah, like we're we're we are we will not be a podcast nor will we know things at this <laughs> stage uh, when these, when we'll be retired okay yeah you will not hear our impressions of this new trilogy or whatever uh, i would imagine we'll we'll hang up the skates uh long before that um, but who knows? We've been doing it seven years now, so who's going to stop us? Uh, Vin Diesel. This one's right up your alley, dude. Vin Diesel is making a new movie in the Chronicles of Riddick slash Pitch Black uh, franchise or series. I really hope they sway more towards the Pitch Black theme versus the Chronicles of Riddick. I really didn't care for that movie. Pitch Black, on your recommendation, I've grown to love over the decades. I think it- Pitch Black is still my favorite out of the entire franchise. I I I can't. It's, that movie's twenty three years old now. Do you have the video games, The Chronicles of Riddick? No, I, I don't have the I don't have the games now. I had that on I think Xbox original Xbox, and I should have kept it. Should have given it to you, quite frankly. But who did? Was it good? No, I gave up after one level. So I'm trying to think. So this will be. So this would be the fourth one of the series. The last Reddick film was 2013. Holy crap. Oh, my God. They, Ten I years forgot ago. they did that. Wasn't it called like Chronicles of Reddick X or something? It was just called Reddick. Reddick. That's it. Thank you. He was in another movie called like Triple X or something. Yeah, Triple X. That, that was another franchise. Yeah, got that confused. But yeah, Reddick. That's exactly right. Like, I Maybe. think so. Yeah, I would yeah. say like, so the second one was the worst one in, in the series for me. Yeah, and I then, hated that. And that's yeah, what then, the game, I believe, was based on. Yeah, which yeah, that's why probably the game fucking did terrible. So the third one kind of like like we went to went more back towards what we all like to pitch black. So I'm hoping yeah. now because th- this film actually did 
freaking pretty good at the box of almost making a hundred million worldwide. Um, if they go, as long as you kind of go back in, in that little, like almost horror esque, dude, I, I think they're going to nail it because so many people love this film. It is a the first one. Still go to classic. It is. And yep, Katie Sackoff was in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that niche too, right? Like you said, it's like almost like pseudo horror, kind yep. of thrillery vibes, very, very dark at points, literally. So like, I think like if you cash in on that and go back to that smaller budget approach, I think this could be another smash success, like blown out of the water smash success. And I think I can really reinvigorate the first three movies again, too. Like, I wouldn't be shocked for that collection to hit on Blu-ray with all three if it doesn't even already exist. And for that to really drive through on this, because um, it's got the potential to do that. And it's uh, David Thowie coming back. He was the one who directed all of them. So same guy coming back. Uh, Yeah, the next one we got, the Marvels has been delayed till November 10th. And then our last story, Good Burger 2 is happening at Paramount+. Plus. And the weirdest part, and Keenan and Kel will reprise their roles, which is just weird. Or I hope they don't take like a Clerks 2 like vibe on it. I, that'd be super weird if they're like still old and working there. But I'd imagine that'll be Mondo Burgers out for revenge. Oh, man. If we get Kurt, I'm in. I thought you said your name was Kurt. I'm aware. I, thought you, I love that. But anyway, uh, there's good news. And then there's great news. And then there's this news. I am hyped. Now, the weird part is they're going to apparently start production in May of this year, two months from now, and the movie's still slated to hit this year. So if you want to talk about a very low budget, very low quality straight to DVD sequel, this is the definition. But this is Keenan and Kel we're talking about here. Iconic mm. duo of 90s comedy. Good Burger, still one of my guilty pleasures, where I only fast forward the Insane Asylum part because that shit is boring. But other than that, great movie. Super psyched on it. Cannot wait. Do you have any nostalgia for the Good Wasn't Burger Wasn't Sinbad in the first one? Yeah, he was his boss. Oh, yeah, he was that's right. Boss. That's right. Sorry, It's been a very long time since I've seen Good Burger. Yeah, it is rough, uh, but in like the best way possible. They go oh, mini golfing yeah. and like Cameron something. Oh no, what's her name? I can't complete junk food movie. Complete, oh, yeah. but love every second of it outside of the insane asylum shit because that shit is boring when they do that weird dance. But anyway, uh, let's move into TV where we got some more impressions. Three shows to talk about, and we only have an hour left in the podcast. Literally mandated sixty-one minutes. Uh, <laughs> The Mandalorian season three is out. Four episodes are in the can. Five will be coming this Wednesday. Almost probably by the time you're listening to this show, be more than halfway done the season. Uh, I watched the first two. I wanted to watch three. I just missed it. And then I just kind of fell off. I'll probably just wait till it's over and binge the rest. But I do have the first two and I loved, loved episode one. Episode two felt like House of the Dragon because it was so dark. Um, literally dark as in i couldn't see shit so it kind of was meh but uh what did you think so far i'm sure you're caught up on all four how's the mandalorian season three holding up for you so far yeah i'm, I'm all caught up watched all four i'm i'm liking it so far it's it's not oh, okay the best. you're just liking it though that's, that's yeah that's not what I'm, I'm I, that's i'm honest i'm not gonna lie to you and say oh, it's the best thing since i spread like since i've always said you know me i've always sung praises of of mandalorian but yeah. it's it's been a slow build it you know it's oh, Jesus. like I said it, it's it's a little slower build than what we're used to from the the first two seasons. I still think it is is worth it, but my biggest complaint is where we left off season two finale. We get 
Luke Skywalker coming in. We get Grogu. He de defeats the, the, was it the Death Troopers, whoever was there. We have Mando taking off his helmet so Grogu could see him. Grogu goes off to get training. Tears. I remember tearing up. It was a great scene. Epic season two finale. And then, boop. Episode four of Book of Boba Fett. Bam, he go gets Gro Grogu back. And so people who never watched Book of Boba Fett watched the first episode. How the hell did he get Grogu back? He just went off with Luke Skywalker. Now he's back. You took away the impact that the finale of season two left. That is my biggest complaint so far of season three is I feel like that first the, the episode that was a book about that should have been the first episode of Mandalorian season three. You know, yeah, he said that he trained a for lot two of people, years. And a lot of people missed that episode because they didn't even realize they needed to watch Boba exactly. Fett to get the Mando stuff. So, yeah, I exactly. sure didn't. I didn't even watch it yet. I just went into season three. So I have no expectation. Yeah, so so John Favreau said he was gone training for two years, but for all two years, it seems like he was gone for two minutes and he was back. So you you took away that ending from us from season two. I I I felt like that that that's a misstep right there. That's my biggest complaint so far. Other than that, I, I love the ending of episode two. I, I was not expecting to see that baby so soon. I I love seeing all the Mandalorians, uh, the Kree. I I I want more of that. We see Grogu getting stronger, Bo Katan getting stronger. Um, episode four directed by Carl Weathers, who knew that this man could get direct. He's been around for decades. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have doubted him, but please give him more episodes. I, I, I'm. St it's still a good show. It might not be as epic as it's been since the first season, but hopefully we can kind of find its footing midway through this third season. I love the series or the season premiere. I love the space pirates. I love the costume design. I love the space uh, shootout they had. Episode two was fine. Like you said, a little slower. Um, also, just 0% chance that that little spider thing was moving so slow that Grogu got all the way to the ship, flew all the way to her, got the message. That I felt like Game of Thrones season seven and eight with how fast he got to them. But mm -hmm. uh, that, it was it's just it was fine. Like I said, I kind of gave up, but I'll I'll probably binge it. But you said slow burn and I'm seeing stuff on socials that it's getting super political and like bringing in new characters and shit. I'm just like, Bleh. but uh you know, everybody should know where I stand with Star Wars. It's just something I tolerate now. I just I love the monthly format. I can stop pretending. Oh, I love it. Oh, I never really tooted Star Wars horn on this show before. Uh, yeah, and, and episode three, it's like great beginning. Then it's middle, different character, pretty long, and then great ending. So episode three is like a 50, 50 minute episode. So if you get if you get if you get the through episode four, I think you'll be in good shape because I four was, is my favorite episode so far this season. Well, uh, I've been waiting fifteen months. <laughs> Dive in, baby. Fifteen months to talk about this next impression. Um, have you watched season two, episode one yet? I did. Oh Jesus, he did. He said, "I'm not going to tell you." Uh, watch it, so, we, watched, we watched it last night. I tried to be prepared as, as much as I could. Thank you. So Yellow Jackets season two is upon us. The 15 month wait is over this nine episode season two, not 10. Thought it would be nine episodes or thought it'd be 10, but it is only nine um, is here. It is now starting on Fridays, not Sundays. They don't want to go up against succession or any of that. Good. Stay nope. away. Keep Friday night's showtime. Uh, it's available technically, really, if you stay awake long enough on Thursday, you can watch it 
on Thursday night at midnight going into Friday. So if you're if you're a night owl, feel free. I'm going to wait till Friday nights. It's Ashley and I's kind of Friday show. I'm totally down to wait. Super happy to do that. So um, we watched episode one. Before I go into my thoughts, though, on season two of Yellow Jacket. So far, it's only one episode deep. Uh, you said you watched it. I didn't know you watched it. We all know you thought season one a little slow. Season one, my favorite show going on TV right now. What did you think of season two, episode one of Yellow Jackets? Season two, episode one was, I would say, a very good episode. I think it's probably better than most of, if not all, of season one. <laughs> I thought it was the third best episode in total. The premiere, yeah. the yeah. premiere, and Doom coming, I thought were better. But other than that, this this episode was really good television. Yeah, and, and you know it, it, it. That's that's about right. From even from older to younger, from older to uh, Ma- Melanie Linsky's character to you know her kind of. Uh, <laughs> Try to um, stay spoiler free. If yeah, you, you know, I, I'm trying to. Like, I, I kind of like, like I I called her. I'll just say I'll call her eating it. <laughs> uh, that, let's just say like the she premise of the show. The, the the premise. <laughs> hey, listen, it had to defrost, and once she realized it could, it's good to go. But like the premise <laughs> of the show, we all know it. If you know Yellow Jackets, the premise of the show is that overarching theme of cannibalism, and when's it going to start? And that's arguably the most intriguing part of the show from a viewer's perspective is like, when are they going to get to it? Well, they, in essence, dove in this week and they really yeah. started to get that train rolling. Now, you know, it's not a, if it's a, when, and that yeah. is finally, that's finally there. And we're finally excited. Now they can go ape shit. And it's just a great feeling to have, to know that they're not going to swerve us with some bullshit that they're going to go in. So I love that. Um, this episode, like, again, I'm going to stay spoiler free, even of the first season. Cause it's a show season two, episode one, uh, just set a new high for ratings for the show. And so like, it's clearly a show that found its audience a, as season one went along, it's season two premiere is up 40% in viewership over the season one finale. So this is a show that in the past 15 months waiting for two to come back, it's really grown and gotten super popular. It's Showtime's number one show right now. Um, and so, I, I, which sucks because you know they're going to try to spin it off and I'm going to be pissed. I, I've been on record. Don't spin this show off. Keep it main and, and let it go. But um, Yeah, and it's already signed for season three season as well. Three. Yeah, early renewal. And they say they have five seasons of content, which also scares me. It's just like, I'm cool with three if you just want to end it next year, but whatever. Um, I mean, we have, they have 19 the months that they're there, so. Yeah. Yeah, just don't run it into the ground. But Christina Ricci, to me, is just fantastic the star of the show. Yeah. She carries this adult Misty, even teen Misty. I mean, Sammy Hanratty is fantastic. But the character of Misty and the character of Shauna are really the two that carry it. And when they're on screen together very early on in this episode, I cackled. I died laughing uh, because there's just a scene that out of nowhere, Misty says, this is what I told you to say. I even got it on the cookie. And when they show the cookie and it's got the writing on it, I, I, I just, I just had to excuse myself from the room because I was crying in laughter. And so, uh, when you start off this pretty dark and gory show and got horror aspects to it and stuff, especially with Sean as a teen in this, in this meat locker and this really kind of jarring jump cut to this one thing that really kind of takes you off guard, even though you knew it was coming, um, to break that up with such humor. Uh, is great. And for the first time ever, I'm invested in the adult storyline. I really fell off of it in season one because I just didn't care a lot. 
Um, in, in the first season, you're just like, all right, get me back to 96. Just get me back to the, yeah. I want to know what happens in this timeline. Well, cause in, shit's starting to hit the fan now with multiple characters now. Exactly. Like yeah. Ty is out of her fucking mind. Oh my God. Out of her fucking mind. And Steve, I'm, I'm worried about you, brother, but I have faith that they won't do it again. Uh, Misty's off the chain. Nat is, is out in upstate New York. We now have adult, uh, versions of other characters. We're about to meet another one in yep. season two. Elijah Wood's about to come in and Sean has got a really compelling storyline. And Jeff is so hilarious in every possible way. Man talking about chicken nuggets and jamming the Papa Roach. Like, oh my God. Yeah. The, that was, that the, was not expecting to hear Papa Roach. Was the, not adult, dude, the adults are bringing it so far. And for the first time I'm invested in both storylines and they're doing a nice job of actually weaving them together to make them feel more connected than they did in season one, where they had two completely different plot lines going i don't have to sit around at a table and watch people eat brunch again so i'm, I'm finally invested in both timelines yes i love this show so much but the kids the 96 stranded timeline was the thing that kept me so invested it was that good that i was willing to kind of forgive the adults now yeah. the adult timeline starting to catch up and we have eight episodes and they sure can drop the ball but based on what i'm seeing man and based on how this episode just goes, balls to the wall, insane. There's this is for those who thought season one was slow. This is not slow. This was a yeah. very engaging episode. Yeah, because I I was the one. I'm I'm in that 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 group of saying season one was a little slow for me. Um, then I did see uh, was IGN. I think they gave the first six episodes like a seven out of ten. I, I would say that the first episode is easy, an eight eight five out of ten, easy. Yeah, I, I, I really say, enjoyed I it. I agree more with the Rotten Tomatoes, like not maybe not a ninety four, but like that eighty to ninety range for the first. Yeah, six. yeah that's it. Yeah. Excuse me, I had to burp. Um, I mean, just like it felt. You know what felt really good? Fifteen months worth it. Yes, yes. Or imagine if it was a big swing in a miss. And I waited all this time. Yep. Like it was hard enough for me to wait seven days when the first season was going on because I was on Reddit theorizing and all this stuff. This one, I'm not. I'm just kind of taking a step back and just enjoying the show and letting it kind of happen. And 15 months was a long wait. And a lot of stuff has happened over the last 15 months. So it's like I kind of really needed this to happen because I just love the show. And for it to pay off as well as it did and for it to be as good as it has been, granted, one episode, very short sample. I'm very pleased with the way it started. And like you said, without giving spoilers away, the final scene of the episode mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gives you all you need to know that they're going to go there and they're, they're going to do it. So now what my plan is for the rest of this season is I would like to do the midway check-in with you. So we won't talk about it. Um, well, you know what? We only do one a month now. So, so we're monthly. So yeah, we'll probably check in with it next month. Cause it'll be about halfway done, but I'd really like to do the probably in may when it's over, do the big season recap, not a bonus, but just like give it 15, 20 minutes or whatever. Um, and I'd actually like to bring back Mike Cassini onto the show. Um, oh, okay. Hell 2021 yeah. awards episode. He's a, he's a citizen detective now as well. Uh, we've gotten him into it and uh, he loves the show. And I told him, Hey, when it's over, would love to have you back on. For, so you, the three of us can kind of talk about the season in a larger sense. So that's my plan. Um, would love to be able to do that. But if you haven't watched yellow jackets yet, you heard it from Sam who said, Season one was on the slower side to him, and he's. I would imagine you're back in. I would imagine you're kind of invested down to the season. Yeah, I'll, I'm. I'm definitely. It, it definitely was uh, a breath of fresh air to say, "Oh, 
thank God they're off to a good start now. Good. So if you haven't watched Yellow Jackets yet, you've got 11 episodes to dive in. Um, season one, I thought was just fantastic. Of course, it's not perfect. Of course, episode four is a fucking snooze fest. I really don't like that episode. Um, but you know, and I just watched it for the fourth time. We did another real quick. We did a, a rewatch right before season two. You know, um, Ashley and I. She'd only watched it the one time, so it was her second. It was my fourth. Um, I'm I'm good for season one for a while. <laughs> I'll probably yeah. not watch that one for a while. I'll probably just start at Doom Coming, and then just do the last two. But Really happy with the way season two has started. Super excited to where it's going to go. The trailer alone gave me some really good vibes. The new beginning credits uh, with all those little images. I have a really bad feeling about Shauna's daughter and what her fate could be. I don't know if the show will go there, but we'll see. Um, And we know Sean is seven months pregnant. So the baby's coming this season. So we're going to find out what happens with that. My guess is from the trailer they all gather around and eat the placenta. That's the blood on their faces. And then they turn around and realize, oh, we got sustenance from this. Let's dive into cannibalism. I think that's going to be the catalyst outside of another character's fate um, because they introduced some new characters. And that's probably the that's probably the low point of the episode for me was this new character, Crystal. Um, she's just flat out annoying. So I yeah. think she will be sacrificed to the gods <laughs> this season. I don't think yeah, she's I was like, who is, I was like, did we see her? So there are, I believe the number is eight or six. Um, in episode two or three, they stand around all the graves of all the people that died in the crash. And there are, I think, 14 in total people standing around. And so they only really, f- really focus on eight or nine characters yeah. throughout season one. So there are a ton of girls that survived the crash that we haven't met yet. And throughout season one, they do show a lot of the extras in the background. They just don't name them except for one Jen. She is prominently featured as an extra in season one. She's all over the place. And the same actress has reprised her role and had the speaking part. She was the one who's saying to crystal, you're really fucking annoying um, at the table. And then there's the one with the backwards hat. I don't know who she is, but so there are survivors that we've been introduced to in the background, but now they're getting speaking roles. Crystal is into like theater and she bonds with Misty. We knew all this because of the, season uh, plot details. If you do follow the show, uh, she's so annoying. So like, there's just no chance she's going to find out about something Misty did in season one that I don't want to spoil. She's yeah. going to threaten to say it to the group. Misty's going to sacrifice her to the cannibal gods. I, I just think that that's where we're going to go. She's going to be one of the first victims to, to unfortunately, maybe she's the one who gets carried on the stake or the could pole, be, could be so, uh, in the trailer or she's pit girl who knows, but um. Anyway, long story short, just loving the show. Glad it's back. Give it a chance. It's really freaking good. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Um, And let's move on to Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso season three is out. We're two episodes deep. Again, it comes out the same day as The Mandalorian. comes out on Wednesdays, which is great. Um, We're two episodes deep. We'll have three in a couple days. I'm very mixed on the season so far. One low, one pretty darn high. We're getting 12 episodes. They're all pretty long, about 40 to 45 minutes. This is the final season. What have you thought so far of season three of Ted Lasso? So episode two, easily the best one. So there's only two episodes, like you said. Episode one was just, it didn't, something, it was just like all over the place for me. It, it just didn't hit nowhere. I didn't really feel nothing. But episode two, I feel like everyone found their stride again. Everything clicked. My boy was back. I was happy as hell. 
And, you know, Kelly's not really a huge fan of the show, so I might have to just finish this one solo. But I, I, I like the cast. I, you know, I, I, Chase Sudeikis is, is, is fantastic. Brett Goldstein, he, he is freaking nuts. Juno Temple is fantastic. It's just I, I, something about that first episode. I, I can't place why I, I, it, it missed for me. I can. I what, can. what do you think it was? Nonsensical storylines that were shoehorned in with zero warning in season two. Why are Keely and Roy on the outs? Well, yeah, that's part of character development. It wasn't funny. The first 10 minutes did nothing at all to grab you. Yeah. In season two, Danny Rojas killing a dog wasn't funny, but at least it was something like, oh, shit, this is going to start something for the team. There wasn't that same catalyst at all. And I laughed one or two times. It just wasn't there. I agree with you, though. Season or episode two, almost the total opposite. Funny throughout, engaging, and it really started to kind of get the wheels rolling on what the storyline is. And I think that challenge is it's there. That challenge is there because they're doing 12, 45 minute episodes. It's the longest season by far. It's a and lot the, of story it, to tell. It, is it the, it's the final season? Yeah. And yeah. it's a lot of story that they have to tell. They're going to have to end this. So like there's going to be some downs. There's going to be some lows because there's just a lot of screen time. They've never done a long season like this, at least this long, two extra episodes and longer episodes. So I, I, I would prepare yourself for some down moments, maybe some stinkers here and there. But overall, the heart is still there. Ted is still a great character. Um, and so, yeah, it, as much as C- episode one missed for me, I thought season two it incredibly redeemed itself to the point where I'm looking forward to Wednesdays again. And how about this? Episode four written by Brett Goldstein. Well, uh, he's one of the writers and uh, I, I didn't even know he was a writer behind, behind shrinking. So he he wrote a ton of shrinking. So he's had his toe dipped in that world for a while now. And his episodes of shrinking uh, were really good. So, OK. And he wrote one episode each of season one and two. OK. I didn't know that. OK, yeah. cool. He's had this, he's had this dabbled in for a while. So. Um, it's it's very, very good. And so I'm excited for that, too. Definitely. Brett Goldstein's the best character on the show. Yeah, besides Trent Crim. Hey, he's not of the independent anymore. He is independent. He's back. My boy. When you when you said to me, my boy's back, it's like he ain't talking about the towel kid. He's talking about <laughs> Trent Crim, uh, formerly of the independent. So good. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna i can see good things and it's cool because ash and i didn't even talk during episode one because there was nothing to talk about nothing to Mm -hmm. theorize about but now you have the friend coming into kjpr you have other things to talk about and we're theorizing like how's this going to come back what's going to happen to this character what's this going to do for the redemption arc and things like that and we're kind of theorizing how ted lasso is going to end and i think they want to make us think that okay they got relegated in season one season two they won their lower level so they now got put back into the epl and i think this season is all right we're gonna go win it i don't think they will win the premier league however the sun said go win the whole thing and that has been sticking with me as because that's his motivation he can't leave until he does so it's and, either gonna be he wins and they the got the thing. new guys or the, the you know the the yeah. big guy right now zaza baba whatever zava and so i don't know how long he's gonna last and that's a, he's a cringy ass character but it's either going to end with him winning it all and going home or losing it all or like quitting before to say, this is what I want. I want my family back. Cause now she's got a boyfriend. There's a lot of things Dude, to, 
Uh, let me just, I, I love the one where it's uh, Jay Sudeikis and his like assistant coach walking and they're just walking down the street and you know, like he was there while he was walking home. He's like, what are we going out for a beer? He goes, no, he goes, oh, you passed your house. You passed your oh. apartment. <laughs> I, I cracked up. That was, that was like his face, the way he delivered it. Gold. I'm, I'm trying. There was one line in the episode two that had a shrieking and laughter. I can't, I can't recall it now, um, but it, it was very much worth it after season, after episode one was kind of a stinker. Uh, it was just a standard episode. And you know what? A stinker of Ted Lasso is probably better than a lot of shows out there. So not to say it was bad necessarily. It just wasn't really, didn't really hit for me in episode one, but it totally redeemed itself. Yes. All right, let's move on. We got some news to cover and 40 minutes to do it. Spartacus is coming back to stars with a brand new sequel series. Cannot wait. If you haven't watched Spartacus four, I think seasons, uh, maybe three. Excellent. Three in a prequel miniseries. Yeah, so total four. Excellent, excellent, excellent show. Stylized gore and blood. You're gonna say, "Oh, this blood looks super fake." It's meant to. It's that's like the the, the art style the show chose was to go kind of hyper realized with its blood, and that's kind of like its driver. Get past that because there's a wonderful show at the core. You'll notice Batiatis. He's uh, in The Last of Us. And so, yeah, um, cannot wait for this. I'm in from day one. I don't even know if I have stars anymore, but I'll get it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Considering we haven't seen Spartacus since 2013. It's been freaking 10 years now. And it's Stephen Estenite Knight is writing it. He was the executive producer, creator of the original series. So as long as he's involved, I have complete faith. Andy Whitfield was the goat. Rest in peace. He had uh, some crazy disease. Uh, he passed early, and then Liam McIntyre somehow picked up the torch and did a fantastic job. Huge shoes to fill, and I cannot wait to see where this goes. Like you, I don't have stars, but I will get it just for the show. Yeah, sure did. Um, so, yeah, cannot wait, and hopefully we're not the only two Spartacus fans out there. I hope this show still has a good following. You'll notice, too, Captain Boomerang from the uh, old Suicide Squad movie. I think he's even in the new one. I don't know. Uh, he's in the first season of Spartacus too. And Crixus is in something. I forget what Crixus looks is Spartacus. No, I'm saying the actor, the, the guy who Arrow. plays Chris Crixus looks. Yeah. Thank you. He looks like Joe Manganiello, but he's not. You're going to say, Oh my God, that's Joe Manganiello. It's not. I promise you. He's just a guy who looks like him. Um, all right, let's move on. Shrinking has been renewed for season two. There you uh, go. Shrinking. I've talked exactly. I've talked about this show as my what you've been up to before. Um, it would have been my pick of the month if I could only have one. It was that good. Uh, I talked about very rare when a show comes along and makes you laugh and cry and then laugh until you cry. And this show has accomplished that. It just wrapped up with season one. It's 10, 10th episode aired this past Friday. So the full season is ready to go. And I'm so happy to say that it ended on a great note. And I cannot wait to see where they go for season two. Brett Goldstein, uh, we just talked about Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Jason Siegel, we all know and love Jason Siegel, Marshall Erickson, How I Met Your Mother, and all the other great shows. And Bill Lawrence, who created Scrubs. You want to talk about a trio of creators? Uh, it's perfection. And if you want to talk about the series standout, funniest character of the year, deserves every single comedic award. Harrison Ford is unbelievably hilarious as Paul in this show. He is a perfect complement 
to Jason Siegel's Jimmy. I'm telling you, those two on screen are gold. But anytime Harrison Ford is on the screen, you can't help but laugh. He's so freaking funny. I asked Ashley today. I said, babe, we've watched four new shows this year so far. Poker Face, Shrinking, The Last of Us, and Daisy Jones and the Six. Rank them for me. She said, Poker Face is fourth. The Last of Us is third. Daisy Jones is second. And Shrinking is a 10 out of 10. And I was blown away by that. We And we loved it. We looked forward to it. And Shrinking is my number one right now. I mean, it's that good. It's it's It was a, exactly what the world needs. I cannot recommend it enough. It's a half hour per episode. You can binge it in a day or two. Apple TV Plus. If you have it for Ted Lasso, just when you're done watching Ted Lasso, just start watching Shrinking. You will crack up laughing. You will get emotional. Um, my God, it is as close to a perfect TV show as I've watched. And I'm telling you this. I'm not high praise. Saying high it. praise. I'm not saying it lightly. It's as good to me as The Last of Us. It's as good to me as Yellow Jackets. It's as good to me as For All Mankind. But it is none of those three shows. It's the show you need to watch after you watch those shows. And you're like, oh, my God, I need a freaking break. (laughs) Like, I need to laugh and cry and have emotion. And this show delivers it. It is unbelievable. I cannot recommend it enough. Shrinking on Apple TV Plus, renewed for a second season. Harrison Ford alone is enough to watch it. It's so fucking fun. His his obsession with Fun Dip. It's a good stick. It's just so good. Anyway, uh, so there you go. Uh, shrinking renewed for season two, please go watch it and then do what you all do. DM us afterwards and tell us we were right. Cause I love hearing that. That's the reason we still do a show. All right. Uh, Batman, the Cape crusader has got it's uh it's two season order, not just a one season. order. It's got a two season order. It's found a new home and we were right. Amazon prime video is going to be the house for Batman Cape crusader. Thank you, Amazon. This would have been a huge mistake if no one picked this up. I mean, we have great. It's Bruce, Tim, J.J. Abrams, Memories. You have, you know, besides J.J. Abrams, yeah, you have two out of three. Two out of three. It's a, it's still a great batting average, but we still have Get no you idea. The Hall of Fame and then some. Yeah, you know what I mean. We we still have no idea when this is coming out. Guaranteed two seasons. I'm good. You know, yes, I, I was in my heart. I was kind of. Always hoping Kevin Conroy would come back, but obviously it's passing that. That's not going to happen, but I, I hope that whoever they do pick, that he does it in his vein and, and gives him them two voices. Then, Because you have to distinct in my brain who Bruce Wayne and what Batman sound like. So kudos. Cannot wait. Probably at least 2025, but thank God it's coming. Uh, Disney Plus has made the difficult decision to cancel Big Shot and Mighty Ducks Game Changers uh, after two seasons apiece. I've been on this show very vocal about my love for Big Shot, a sleeper hit of a really good show. Game Changers we both enjoyed fell off a cliff pretty hard in season two. Not shocked by this news, just a tad bit sad. Yeah, not shocked. Um, Definitely losing Emilio Estevez really hurt Game Changers. I I did, I still kind of, like, I had a guilty pleasure. I thought season two was okay. It was nowhere near as good as season one. Yeah, um, recommend but, go back and watch season one, even though you know it's canceled. Still, season one was worth the watch alone. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, especially if you grew up with the Muddy Ducks, and you know, okay. shame I saw the big shot, so I know you, you you took two blows there. So, uh, yeah, shame. 
Yeah, I took the right and then the left. I was like, oh, poof, 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 poof. I felt like glass Joe. But then, it, like, at least the I next story, you get a little pick me up. Yeah, Poker Face uh, has been renewed for season two on Peacock. Um, right now, it's my number five on the year, um, and it, that doesn't mean it's not good. And it's only March, so it's probably going to scoot back a little bit more with some other stuff. But very good show. Natasha Leone from Orange is the New Black, mean character. She's on the run, and she goes to a new city. The thing is, her like hook, her thing kind of gets old after a while, and that's where we've kind of fallen off. A little bit. Um, her thing is she can no matter what, always 100% of the time, tell if somebody is lying. And she just has this magical gift. It's kind of like psych, but stupid. And uh, stupider. And when when you're on episode 7 of the same shtick, it's kind of like, Bleh. but I heard it picks up heavy in 9 and 10. We fell off because of all these other great shows. We'll go back and we'll, we'll pick up and we'll finish it. Um, but worth it. Good show. Won't say fantastic. At times it's great. Um, but ep- nothing has touched episode one. Episode one, 10 out of 10. Legitimate. Adrian Bro- Brody, awesome. Fantastic. After that, it's good, not great. Gotcha. Um, what's next? What's next? According to VGC, a Hogwarts Legacy TV series is in the works for HBO Max. Again, if I had a cow next to me, I would milk it. I mean, it's I I I don't know how I feel. I I I love the Harry Potter books. The original movies are fantastic. Hogwarts um, getting good reviews and a lot of hype on from the gaming aspect. Fantastic Beast. I thought the first movie was terrible. I didn't see the other one, so it's like I got a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. It's good to see that everyone is loving the game. So as long as it's like based on the game and I would say at the level of the original Harry Potters, I think there, there's something great there, obviously, but show me a trailer. You know, I, I do love that world. Go play the game. You'll get that world. I mean, apparently it's very good. It's not a game I'm going to play. I am knee deep in Resident Evil 4 right now, and that'll get me through to Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, in May, so I'm good for at least the rest of the year. So maybe if Hogwarts is when it gets that eventual nine ninety nine flash drop yeah. in two or three years, I'll jump on it then. But um, not necessarily a game I'm going to be paying seventy dollars or sixty dollars for just to sit around until I'm ready to play it. Uh, but again, cool, not going to be for me. Quick one here: the final season of Barry finally got a premiere date. It's coming April sixteenth, so just a couple of weeks from now. I fell off hard on Barry three. I hope season four pulls me back in because I love the premise. and I love the idea. Again, nothing has even come close to season one so far, but I'm hoping as its final season, it does get me back because I am going to give it a shot. We're vested. We're good. Um, Season one, like you said, fantastic. I never, I didn't even finish season two yet. So I do. I love Henry, Henry Winkler and um, Bill uh, Hader. Hader. I do love both of them. So uh, it's on the list one day. Last story in TV. This is a big one, and it's our ender for TV. Uh, John Barenthal is returning as the Punisher for Daredevil: Born Again. PG I mean, to version. me, this was a, a no doubt because he he was beloved. Everyone loved him in the Daredevil show, his own series. But it's the Punisher. He needs. You can't cage the Punisher. There is no PG PG thirteen. He should be a but rated R. Going to, but they're going to. I think this show did itself in already because they said 
this is this is going to be for Disney Plus. This is not going to be the Netflix style inversion. Yeah, it's, you're, you're not getting the Deadpool rated R. And I know. think this show is going to suffer for it. I just wouldn't be shocked if this show under under does it, like underperforms, doesn't bring the hype. And e- 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 even if it does, just know that we still had the original seasons on Netflix that are they're untouchable. Yeah. They are still fantastic seasons of television. The way it can get around the gore is by telling a good story. But the way they've done it so far in the MCU is they have not told a good story. So from <laughs> track record, uh, they're not. There's a lot to prove here. Um, if so, facto, yeah, they got I'm a lot worried. of explaining to do. I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> but if they take it the time to flesh out the characters and deliver a good story, like the whale, the whale had no business being a great movie. But it tells a f- great story. It's got very engaging characters. I don't need and you had, action. And you had Brendan Fraser. So. That's what I mean. Like it had great characters, great action, yeah. or great acting, like great storyline. And and so like it didn't need to be shot anywhere else. The whole movie takes place in an apartment. It doesn't leave the apartment. So like it didn't need anything else because of how well it developed its characters and the story it told. Daredevil if they can take its time and give us out some fleshed out characters, we had heard rumors that foggy and them are not coming back at least in yeah. the main actors. So like, there's a lot of things going against it. If you're going to dumb down the Punisher and making the Disney plus Punisher, put the Mickey mouse logo on his chest instead of the skull. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned at this point that it's going to be not what the fans want. They're going to give you that like one glimpse. You know what I mean? Like they're going to, he's going to put a shotgun through somebody, but they won't show you it. They'll do it off screen type thing. You'll hear the bang. Um, I just have concerns. That's all. Now, let me take it over in gaming. You just mentioned it. And I, I watched some demos. I, I watched at least the first two hours of gameplay. So I, I got a little bit of taste, but you got way more hours than I did. Let's get your impressions on Resident Evil 4 Remake. That's actually what I'm at. I'm at two hours. But oh, if you want, okay. I played the demo. So if you want, it's two hours and 20 minutes, technically. But yeah, I uh, I'm actually I'm I'm around two hours. So, so you saw the Chainsaw Man? Oh my god, he's in the first fifteen minutes. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, saw him a lot. I mean, I, this is an iconic character for my. So childhood. he's so creepy. I know, and they made him much better in the remake. Like the, his eyes are just oh my god, piercing, piercing, piercing in the remake. Um, uh, RE4 remakes a game I've been wanting for years and years and years. It's like at the top of my list. Uh, on all of my most anticipated and for it to already kind of be here. I got it on launch day. It's only been out for three days now. So uh, I only got to play it for one session so far. Um, But that session was two hours long. So happy to report that I do have a a nice amount in there. I'm still about 13 or 14 hours before I'm going to beat the game. It's a long game. It's the longest resident evil game. Um, I love the changes. I do. It starts out with a cutscene of somebody on a table. Like that's not in the game. The original game, it gives out the the opening cutscene with you and the police officers um, that there's so much more to this conversation than in the original. And so it just gives you a little bit more context to the story, a little bit more reasoning for Leon, a little bit more character development. Love that. And then it puts it changes the first part of the game in the original. You don't go through that first house and go into the basement and see broken neck man. You just walk into a house and there's a Ganado. So like. It does make it much more creepy, much more dark, much more violent, um, changes that around. You have the the villagers who kind of steer you down when you jump out the window. All of that 
is kind of weaved into this new version of it. And then you get into the village chase in the very beginning, which just it ended so many people's enjoyment of that game because it was so hard as a child to run around the village and survive that onslaught. And it, it obviously gets a lot easier as you get older, but like one of the most iconic chapters or fights in gaming history is done so incredibly well. Chainsaw man shows up, you Mm -hmm. run up the steps, you get your shotgun, you fuck around. But in this one, if you run around for a certain amount of time, trying to dodge everybody, chainsaw man will start to cut down pieces of the village to block your path and kind of give you a smaller space to go around. So the villagers can gang up on you. Like those little touches are fantastic. They redid the controls to now you can move and shoot at the same time. I love the original controls, but they are jarring. They're not for everybody. Um, but now they're modernized. I mean, like it looks like a resident evil remake. It plays like a resident evil remake and it still feels like re four. I am just, I'm so happy with everything they've done so far. And if, so if you have any nostalgia for re four on GameCube, PS two, we shit, I mean, it was everywhere. Um, this has done it a ton of justice. 94, I believe on Metacritic, Everywhere. All I saw were 10 out of 10. 10 That's out all 10. I saw. Everywhere, dude. And like, sorry, I have a hang now. For good reason. Like, this is just, you know, I'm two hours in, but I know the game. I know the story. I watched the reviews. I saw the trailers. I know what kind of goes on later in the game. But because they made changes, I'm not sure how it'll go. How long will Luis live? Will it be the same? There's this one fight in the middle of the game where you and Luis are in a shack and you have to defend the shack. Uh, from the Ganados who swarm it from all sides, windows, doors, boom, boom, boom. It's so hard. I wonder what that fight's going to be like because that is an anxiety-inducing fight. And I think the most hyped I am for this game and this re-release, or this From the Ground Up remake, is the speedrun. RE4 speedruns are a top five speedrun game for me. It's one of the most engaging, most fun speedruns I can I watch. Um to be able to watch a speed run of this is going to breathe new life into the title, breathe new life into the game as a, as a speed run game. And I cannot wait till it's showcased on a big GDQ stage. I would imagine if it's not at SGDQ this year in May, it's gotta be it, but it's only two months after release. They tend not to do super new games yet for spoilers and other things. It will 100% be at a GDQ 2024. There's no doubt about yeah. it in my mind. So fret, not young ones. We will see this game on a, giant stage soon enough um i can't recommend enough i have the ps5 version i didn't want to get it on xbox um i heard the ps4 has some performance issues and on ps5 it's only 60 it's not a 70 dollars title i'm paying less for this than breath of the or than tears of the kingdom on my seven-year-old switch six-year-old switch so that's hunky-dory uh yeah so just fantastic. If you even liked RE4, not it's a top 12 game for me all time. It's my number 12 of all time. Um, even if you just barely like it, this re this remake will t- hit all the right buttons. You're going to fall in love. What did you think of the uh, two hours that you saw? I, it, creepy as hell. Scary as shit. Again, when you're running around the, that little town, Chainsaw Man comes out. Just like you said, I watched that whole thing. It's I very intense i don't i don't know I, i'd probably want to break in a few paddles <laughs> did, you watch what, alana, did you watch alana play it yeah i did i did yeah alana um, and i think so i think dr lupo played a little bit as well 
Nice. Good stream. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Love that. Um, and the thing is, RE4 has a reputation for being the least scary game in the franchise. It was more of like, that's where the series kind of went action heavy. It was the first one that didn't have tank controls and it went over the shoulder. And we all know that Devil May Cry was the original RE4. And so like, yep. this is this game is the reason Devil May Cry exists. Uh, so like, there's You're just welcome. so much heritage, right? And nostalgia to this game. And so it means so much to so many people, myself included. I'm actually holding in my hand right now. You can hear the clicks. This is the Wii version of Resident Evil 4 in my hand right now. So, And on the back prominently is the Chainsaw Man. You can actually go into his house and there's a portrait of him sitting there. It's so weird. And in Japanese, it says, like, Chainsaw Man is rich and he doesn't die. And that explains why he's got so many hit points. It's wild stuff. But, uh, yeah, uh, where's everybody going? Bingo. They kept the iconic line of that game. It's it's campy. It's fun. It's got more horror than the original. It's got more scary vibes. It's darker, both in tone and in literal view. It's just a darker game. So love it. Can't recommend it enough. RE4 Remake for the win, as the kids say. By the way, free demo available right now on all platforms. Does not have a time limit, and you can play it as many times as you want. It's called the Chainsaw Demo. It is the entire village fight that we've just talked about. You can play it. So if you've never played it before, now's your chance. Go do it. It's awesome. It's free. Go play. And before I jump into the next story, per CNN, Bob Iger of Disney laid off 7,000 employees. Yeah, that's only round one. They've actually announced three rounds of layoffs. Round one is 7,000. Round two is actually expected to be more. Oh, my God. So Disney. Sorry to all the people. Yeah, a lot of Disney production side, a lot of acquisition side. So Disney is definitely um, making some. I mean, they put Iger back in office for a reason. Yeah, so good luck, everybody. Yeah, for sure. By the time you're hearing this, Nintendo just posted a 10-minute gameplay blowout for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Unfortunately, I won't be able to watch it live. I have a function that I will be attending during it, so can't do that. But the second I am done, I will be watching this probably 615 times. <laughs> Our children are staying with my parents tomorrow night, and we have the house to ourselves. Oh, so I will go. probably spend my night playing Resident Evil 4 and watching this. Watching the trailer on repeat. <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting for this for, let's see. It was announced in 2019, yeah. June. So we've been waiting four years now for Christ. details, and we're about to get 10 minutes of gameplay. So we can't talk about it because it didn't happen yet, but rest assured that the next time we speak, it'll be the final episode before the game is out. I'll cover the uh, the gameplay blowout. I'm very much looking forward to it. By all signs, this game is going to be enormous. Can't wait till May 12th. Starfield finally gets a release date. Yeah, it got delayed again and again and again, and it was supposed to be November 11th, 2022. Then it got delayed until spring. Then it got pushed back even further. Now we know September 6th is the date. That's when I can finally renew my game pass September 6th. Uh, And it will have its own dedicated, and they're calling it a Starfield direct. I'm surprised Nintendo's cool with that. Um, but they're going to do a Starfield Direct on June 11th. So expect a dedicated show for just this game after another thing we're about to talk about. Xbox announced their annual game showcase will take place Sunday, June 11th. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be right before the Starfield Direct. So it's going to be a big show. Expect 90 minutes 
um, just like every June, 90 Damn. minutes on Xbox and Bethesda. Um, you know, the new ones, the up, you know, the new game announcements, the what's going on with this and updates on, on new announced stuff, but no Starfield, which is cool because like they can focus on the other stuff. And then right after that game showcase, they're giving us a direct just on Starfield. So, uh, clear your calendars on June 11th. If you have any interest in the Xbox platform, cause you're about to get a ton of news. I am predicting now we will finally get the reveal of a new Banjo Kazooie game. Just putting that out. In the oh, you and, uh, you and Shrives keep praying. Yeah, for sure. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has reportedly been delayed from May until later in the year, according to Bloomberg. So here's a here's the kicker. They haven't technically announced the delay yet, although multiple sources have corroborated the information. Jeff Grubb went on the his Game Mess Decides podcast with our friend of the show, Mike Minotti, and has said he's actually heard it's going to be delayed until 2024. I mean, the trailer was terrible. Yeah, Gameplay, it, it looked like one of the worst boring games I've ever seen. Hardest pass ever. Here's the... So, unfortunately, this delay, not going to do much for you, though. It sounds like they're delaying it for, number one, polish. Number two, to maybe rethink some of the battle pass things, because that's obviously a sticking point. Yeah. But three, apparently, um, multiple people have heard they're not going to be changing the core gameplay. So what Ugh. you saw is probably going to be what you get, but there was a huge negative reaction. So some of this might even be PR. It's an, it's releasing two weeks after tears of the kingdom, like move it. There's no reason to release the same month as the biggest switch game maybe yeah. ever. So it's a, it's a wise move to kind of get out of the spotlight or they could have kept it, released it. No one would have gave a shit. But like Rocksteady Man has fallen off a cliff. Well, they probably dumped so much money they they needed they need some return or Warner God knows I don't think they're gonna go bankrupt. But Warner Brothers needs it. Let's not confuse things. Remember, Rocksteady's owned by Warner Brothers, so like Warner Brothers needs it. Hogwarts was a huge success for them. They have Mortal Kombat cooking and this game. But like, look at it, dude. Look at all the things that are happening with Warner Brother Discovery, with HBO, HBO, all this stuff. Shit They're show. making some really, yeah, it's, there you go. Perfect. S- need to say no more. Mm-hmm. So I think they want to kind of clear the air on that before setting this game out to die, which it very well still could do because there's just so many bad vibes. Ugh. Next up, some good news. Spider-Man 2 may be releasing this September. There is still news, and Jeff Grubb again has corroborated this. He is still hearing that in May or early June, we will be getting another PlayStation 5 showcase. We did not get one. We need it. We need it yesterday. PlayStation needs one bad, really bad. I say this from love. There's nothing happening right now on that console, and we need something. Sad but true. Um, So, I mean, the Ragnarok train has passed. That was November. Like, we need more. And so he's hearing that there's going to be a big blowout. And that's where I think we're going to see a lot more Spider-Man 2. The reason that people believe it's September, the voice actor for Venom came out on Twitter and literally said, I heard marketing to go hard in August for a September release date. Oh, he literally said, screw it. He said, be quiet. I'll just come out and say everything. So, like, again, take that as you will. Clearly, Mm -hmm. timelines change and studios will make the decision. But it's on track for this year. If the voice actor is saying September, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked in that September, November time frame 
But it looks like Spider-Man 2, no matter what, will come in 2023. And that's nothing but good, good news. I, I need a big game this year. I need it. VGC is reporting that Konami will likely be at E3 and may announce a new Castlevania game along with a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. And with and we'll just say it now, you don't have to, to talk about it later. Ubisoft declared today they're pulling out of E3. That could give mm. Konami here, who is really the last big name attending the show. No That's Xbox, it. no Nintendo, no Sony. Uh, now no Ubisoft, no EA, no Activision. So like Konami could really steal a show if they do a brand new Castlevania game. That's going to be huge. A remake of MGS three huge would love it if they started at one. But what are you going to do? Uh, this Work could backwards. be. A, yeah, right. This could right, that'd be funny. <laughs> three plus plus two plus one. Uh, th- this could be a big deal for them. Although, man, no matter what, I think the overarching story here is I think we can kiss E3 goodbye yeah. after this year. I think it's if it even it, happens, it died. It's been dying a slow death. And now I think they, I think the knife is officially twisted. Um, this, if it happens this year, there's still a chance they cancel it. Cause everybody's been pulling out. Um, I think that, that this is probably the last we're going to see of E3. I think June will still be a big time and everybody will do their directs and showcases and stuff like that, but it won't be an E3 anymore. I think it'll just be, unfortunately, Keeley has it coined with that summer game fest crap. I think we're there, and that's, yeah. that's you know that's what it is. Mortal Kombat 12 has been officially announced. Accidentally. Yeah, this was funny as shit. So again, the shit show, like you said, that is Warner Brothers Discovery, did their earnings call, and like I believe it was the CEO was just trying to excite the investors and the shareholders, and was like, and you know, we also have Mortal Kombat 12 coming this year. Everybody was like, what? <laughs> There's a that wasn't on the that- docket. Yeah, right. There's a recording that dropped on Twitter. Somebody was like streaming it or whatever, and they they clipped that video, and it's out there. He just flat out says it. Mortal Kombat 12 has not been announced officially by NetherRealm yet. Ed Boon is still sitting on that, and they still haven't yet. They've just ignored this and hoped it's gone away. I'd imagine we'll see it at June, probably at Summer Game Fest or whatever, but it is hilarious to me that the CEO during an earnings call was just like, yeah, it's coming this year, by the way, this year. Crazy. So be prepared, fighting fans. MK12 is apparently coming soon. Huge news right here. The last Ronin is getting a God of War style adaptation, but currently has an unknown developer and is years and years away. The last Ronin is an arguably one of, if not the best TMNT comic runs where uh, you don't even know what turtle the last Ronin is, and it's very different, set in the future, like a wild comic arc. It's um, yeah, I, that, I own, I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let you go on this one. Yeah, I it, it, the only my complaint would be when they they released this comics, they came out so like months after each issue, so it's like I almost had to reread the previous issue to remember what the hell happened. But this is a fantastic run. I do know who the sur- survivor turtle is, but I will not say it. This game, it God of War style, take all my freaking money, sign me up. I don't care if it comes out twenty twenty eight. I'm here. Great ideas. I, I'm ready. Yesterday, here's my pre order money. Yeah, I think what they mean by this is that third person action RPG element style brawler slash adventure type deal and, and you know action adventure so and you have you all liked, their weapons oh if you liked god of war or ragnarok that style of gameplay adapted into a futuristic kind of last 
comic standing TMNT Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style. Yes. Yeah, I think we're we're all here for that one. Take all our money. We're we're, we're going to buy that game day one. Crash Team Rumble got a release date and price for both PS5 and Xbox. June 20th for $30. I think there's a $40 one too. This is a huge misstep. Yeah. Huge, huge Shame. misstep. It, if you're going to do this multiplayer crap and you're going to do the Pokemon Unite junk where you, you know, you go and you battle 4v4 and you put a ball through a hoop and you get points for to charge money for that shit is a huge misstep. Make it free to play which it eventually will be, I'm predicting, because this is going to underperform like crazy sales-wise. Make it free-to-play. Make your money through costumes like everybody else. Even Pokemon does that shit where they charge like $40 for a costume and nerds and idiots eat that shit up. Get me as far away from that as possible. But like to charge $30 for this game that you need to play online and will have to, has to have an audience when it won't in six months and your money's not mm-hmm. going to be well spent. This game needed to go free-to-play. And for it to not be is a mistake. I'm telling you, it's a mistake. This game is going to be rough. It's going to be a laughing stock. And unfortunately, I'm not here for that, man. I'm as, get me as far away from Crash Team Rumble as possible. Yeah, sad but true. Hard pass. Mm-hmm. And the last store we have in gaming, the Wii U and 3DS eShops are officially closed. Yeah. As of the time we hit record on this episode, they closed um, simultaneous with that. So... I'm holding my Wii U gamepad. I got it out of the box yesterday um, and my 3DS just so I could go on the eShop one last time. I had like $45 in eShop credit. I wanted to just go buy all the stuff I've always wanted to. Freaking all the old virtual console games and freaking DuckTales remastered. I never bought it on the Wii U. Capcom put it on sale for $2.99. I couldn't buy it fast enough. They put all their games on for $2.99. Every one of them. All the Resident Evils. All of it. $2.99. Capcom did a great job because they knew people would flock to that. So I bought $40 worth, I think. Some old Zelda games. Metroid. Squeeze the last dollars out of all you chumps. Sonic 2 on Game Gear. um, DuckTales. Pokemon Pinball. Ruby and Sapphire. From Game Boy Advance, like I went ham on the, uh, your boy. Your boy went ham. So, but buy Wii U and, e- and 3DS. No more online play. No more eShops. You can no longer buy anything from those stores. It is now Switch, 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 Switch. switch. Um, but it was always going to be anyway. Nobody, nobody really cares. Everybody just pretended to care because Nintendo was unfortunately doing the dumb thing and taking something from us that they just didn't have to. Kind of like Super Mario 35. So. I'm pissed about it, but what are you going to do? It's gone. I love the Wii U. I think this last 24 hours has reminded me of how great this console was and completely underrated. It was the first console to give us Earthbound outside of the Super Nintendo. So um, farewell, bon voyage uh, to the 3DS and Wii U. Um, Looking forward to the Switch too because, you know, my Switch is six years old. I'm ready to ready to play a console that doesn't chug at 20 <laughs> FPS. Really excited. Uh, last story we have tonight. Fallout Boy came out with a new record. So much for Stardust. It came out on March 24th, the same day as Yellow Jackets premiere, the same day as RE4, the same day Shrinking ended. And I'm so happy to say that I actually like it. For the first time in like a decade, I love a Fallout Boy record. Um, I will say the two standout tracks for me are Heartbreak Feels So Good and Hold Me Like a Grudge. It's 
it's not quite take this to your grave from under the cork tree fallout boy, but it's much, much better than mania and American beauty, American psycho. Um, you know, it's kind of like save rock and roll meets, uh, folly ado. I'd probably say like that. Um, infinity on high is probably my favorite fallout boy record. This one's probably fourth. I'd probably say, uh, infinity cork tree, take this to your grave folly. And then this one. So, Good record. If you like Fall Out Boy, they're back. Although their guitar player quit the day, like the week before, the day after the record came out. I can't remember which, um, which is a shame because this band has remained really, really well intact for 20 freaking years. Uh, but if you like Fall Out Boy, if you like vintage Fall Out Boy, this is as close as you're going to get. They're never going to be Take This to Your Grave Fall Out Boy again. That but time has passed. Yeah, right. 2002 is done. But at least they can come close. And I'm happy to say that so much for Stardust is close enough i'll take it i like it so that's it for our march episode we were forced to go two hours so we'd probably still be going but this is a good thing it's 10 35 we're ready to go to bed so uh we'll be back next month we're going to talk about the tears of the kingdom blowout our impressions of the mario movie and all of the nerdy news that drops between now and then until then thank you so much everybody for listening sam before you do your sign off any final thoughts or last words go see john wick four in theaters Oh, I love that. Good. Short, sweet, and to the point. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will see you next month for our April 2023 episode. We'll be seeing you.